Hey, and a junkie, I just dropped a lot. Hey, and I dropped a lot. Hey, and I dropped a lot. Hey. I ain't a junkie, I just dropped a lot. Hey, and I dropped a lot. Hey, and I dropped a lot. Hey, and I ain't a junkie, I just dropped a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they crowd. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 32 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict. And if you listen to the last pod, you know uh, my co-host, uh, Dustin Church, is no longer on the show. This is our first it's episode 32, but it's, I guess, episode 1 AD after Dustin. So we have uh, a guest host this week, and, and we'll probably keep rotating guest hosts. Uh, it's someone, if you've listened before, you've heard him before, uh, Nick Martinez. Nick, thanks for popping in. Uh, how you doing? Doing good. Just trying to uh, fill the big shoes that Justin left, or Dustin left. <laughs> uh, we definitely miss him. Um, he's so fun to talk to, and uh, but super excited to talk to uh, Chase, our guest here. Yeah, and we do have a great guest tonight. It's uh, Chase Vernon. Uh, too many things to mention. I'll let him get in. We do that at the end of the show, Chase. So I'll let you get into all your things. I'm sure people where he is at, at FF Intervention on Twitter. Chase, how you doing tonight? What's up, guys? Just excited to be here, man. We got all sorts of fun stuff to talk about. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, before, before we get into the rest of the show, um, I was just going to mention something because uh, anybody who knows me knows I'm the... The wait on QB, don't pay up for QB guy in Superflex. And I just wanted to give reason uh, 1001 of, of, of why you don't need to go super heavy on quarterback in Superflex. And this past week, I had an issue. A team, I'm, I'm in first place. Um, my only two quarterbacks were Teddy Bridgewater and uh, uh, Drew Brees. And I did I actually have Jameis Winston, so I thought I'd at least have one quarterback last week. Uh, knowing Teddy might be injured, that did not happen. And uh, people, people like to say, "Oh, well, you're screwed if you don't have a quarterback." I, I all I did was I traded a 2022 first um, for Philip Rivers and Raheem Mostert. So I, I ended up with Philip Rivers for last week. I get Teddy back this week. I, I just wanted to point this out because of how often I go on about this that that it's not always as hard to acquire quarterbacks as people think it might be. I mean, a, a first two years out, I can get that back within the next year and a half. And I even I didn't even give up a full first to get Rivers because he was on a rebuilding team. They were happy to take it. And, and they gave me a running back that I could potentially use down the stretch too. Uh, just want to know what you guys uh, uh, think of that trade and, and, and what your views are in terms of of the whole super flex thing that I like to go on about, about how, how you don't need to pay up for quarterbacks. So uh, Chase, what do you think of that? Dude, you're killing me, man. Like you're going to bring <laughs> me on the show and you're going to completely go against everything I stand for. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding guys. I don't stand for, for going, you know, heavy quarterback or anything along those lines, but I did write a few articles and 
a lot of them had to do with uh, stabilizing your future. And when it comes to dynasty leagues, especially, and how long this quarterback, uh, I guess, situation you can get is, their value is completely just, it's undervalued. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but essentially the quarterbacks are playing at a younger age. They're surrounded by more talent because of the rookie contracts after the CBA. Teams have figured that out. You're now getting about three years extra production on the front end. Meanwhile, you're also gaining about three to five years on the back end because of the regulations as well with the rule changes. So you're getting an extra eight years additional out of quarterback compared to years, what, 10 years ago when, you know, not actually rostering, uh, you know, even super flex leagues, quarterbacks was a thing. So I'm actually on the opposite end of the spectrum on this. I'd rather not have to worry about it. Draft three quarterbacks in my startup draft, never have to worry about it for, you know, 15, 20 years. Yeah. And I, I generally do like to draft three. Um, I just don't worry about drafting the high end ones. I, I think you can make it up, uh, in other places. And that's exactly what I was able to do. I did win this week too with Philip Rivers and no other quarterback and scored 184 points. Um, because I have guys like I have, uh, Devontae Adams and Julio Jones, and D- who didn't do great this last week, but DJ Moore, Michael Thomas, Travis Kelsey, because I didn't invest in quarterback. Um, so, so, uh, Nick, any thoughts on that before we move on to the face off? No, totally agree with you. I know you've mentioned it before on podcasts that we've done. Uh, there's so many different starting quarterbacks and they can be had for so cheap. I mean, look, I mean, Brandon Allen, Alex Smith, just a couple names coming off the top of my head that are starting this week. Um, and like you said, super easy to go out. I am totally with you. You've convinced me a couple years back. <laughs> um, and so now I'm following suit. So uh, I love the, you know, Ryan Tannehill's, the Tom Brady's. Give me all the old quarterbacks. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you, can, you can go, Chase. Well, no, no, and, and those quarterbacks are always great. Uh, but quarterback nine through quarterback 23 are separated by three points per game this upcoming year, or this year in 2020. So quarterback nine through quarterback 23 is, is something that you can actually obtain with value, which is something I stand for in most leagues. But, you know, when you can grab those elite options and have them for 15, 20 years, not have to spend draft picks in order to acquire guys. I'd rather just have my, my lineup set. Yeah, my whole thing, I, I think it kind of comes down to, for a lot of, in a lot of ways to risk tolerance. Yes. I, I'm basically, yeah. Like basically what you're saying is you're, you're set. You don't have to worry about it. Whereas I'm fine with having to figure it out. Like next year I'll have to figure it out. I have, like I said, Drew Brees, Teddy, Phillip Rivers. I, none of those guys may be quarterbacking next year for all I know. Uh, I won this league last year with Jameis, who's not quarterbacking this year. So um, it, it's a lot about risk tolerance. And I just, I'm willing to try and figure out a way to, to get the quarterback later rather than just saying, I'll take the young guy and, and set it and forget it. Um, but we'll move on to the fantasy face-off for this week. And Fantasy face-off! This is kind of a uh, multi-tiered face-off this week. It kind of took an interesting journey. Uh, originally, it, it was nothing like what, what I'm going to tell you in a second. Uh, it was originally supposed to be Jonathan Taylor versus uh, J.K. Dobbins. And I decided not to go with that one because because the Dobbins COVID news came out. And I thought it would, at the very least, uh, alter the poll results, if, if nothing else, if not our takes on it. But um, so then I thought it's still fun to look at the rookies and I threw out a, a lamb uh, versus CEH poll thinking it was I was going RB one versus wide receiver one for the rookies. And it turns out I was wrong because <laughs> I then threw out another poll with Swift and lamb and and that came out very differently. So the, the CEH versus lamb poll had eight hundred nine votes uh, came out sixty forty in favor of lamb. And like I said, apparently I was wrong on, on who the community regards as the RB1 because then I did a Swift versus Lampole, which got a lot more response, 1,438 votes, and it came out 54-46 Swift. So 
first of all, is anyone taking? I, I just move on this from this one quickly. Are either of you two taking uh, uh, Ceh over Lamb? Unless one of you say yes, we're going to move on to Swift versus Lamb. I'm not okay. Um, I'll take I'll take Lamb over Ceh, depending on my roster build. So with Ceh, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to hop into that here in a second. With Ceh, he's got a very high ceiling, very low floor for me. So yeah, that that's my stance on I me. Mean, while Ceh Lamb has the the moon to rise to. And what do you think, uh, Nick, about Swift versus Lamb, which, like I said, that came out not only closer, but in favor of the running back, which the first poll did not. Yeah, and I don't think the Swift love is new. I think we're just finally seeing it on the field. I mean, if you look back at DFL ADP in February, he was the RB1, and in March and April, he was the RB2. So people love Swift going out. I think it was just Detroit that kind of decreases value. Um, I mean, it's all there. He looked great in his breakout game. You know, 16 rushes for 81 yards. He had five catches. Um, kind of showed that he can do it all and, and what people kind of expected him to do. Um, I don't like Matt Patricia. And obviously, a lot of people don't. That's kind of why people were down on him. So when he broke out in week six um, against the Jaguars, the very next week, he only got nine carries. But he still got five targets. So knowing the variance of usage is is a little concerning for me that I would probably take Lamb. Lamb looks like a guy that he's been playing in the league for years. Um, yeah. Lamb looks amazing. He's with Dak, who should come back healthy next year. Um, when Dak was healthy, Cowboys are first in the league in plays per game, you know, yards per game, passing attempts per game. They were just completely attacking. Um, Gallup's only signed through 2021, and then they can let him walk. Um, so he's going to slide in and rise that wide, re- wide receiver too. Um, kind of like Chase was saying, I think – the sky's the limit for C.D. Lamb. I think he is real star potential. Um, so I think um, I would definitely take Lamb over Swift still. And I'm with you there, Nick. I, like you said, Lamb has produced all year. Uh, he's only had two games that weren't double digits. One of those was the Ben DiNucci game. And uh, one of those was the one where uh, Andy Dalton got the concussion and just looked awful the entire game. But every he's produced even with Garrett Gilbert against the Steelers. Um, so... I like Swift a lot. I I actually didn't have him as high as some people, uh, especially once he got drafted by Detroit. Um, I do find it really interesting too that that uh, we're going to talk about this in a minute too. But that that Swift seems to be kind of considered the RB one in this class right now. It seems to me from the results of the polls we did, and and yet he's the he's the RB four in terms of production and missed last week. Uh, I'm surprised that Twitter users had such a uh, a, a good memory to remember the good game from a couple of weeks ago, especially coming off C one of CH's best games of the year. Um, but uh, Chase, are you taking Lamb over Swift? Are you going the other way? No, no, no. Swift is is the RB one in this class, and he has been. You know, I just meant in terms time. of production. Yeah, no, no. I'm just saying like yeah. he's been the he's the RB one in this class and has been the entire time. Uh, meanwhile, you know, CD Lamb is is fifth, sixth overall pick in in rookie drafts, so. There's no way I'm taking you know a wide receiver over a, a rookie running back, especially one as talented who can catch passes as Swift. So where my breaking point is is the J.K. Dobbins, C.E.H. You know, if I want to, if I really need a wide receiver, I'll pick C. Lamb over him. But DeAndre Swift is is the RB one in this class, and it's it's hands down, and we're finally starting to see it. I don't understand the hate on Matt Patricia because, I mean, all Matt Patricia's done is give away his play calling duties to Daryl Bevel, who. By the way, is one of the most successful play calling coaches for not only the running back but for the quarterback as well. With Russell Wilson, you saw you know an average of eight point six adjusted yards per per attempt. 
you know, from, from Russell Wilson throughout a career. Meanwhile, Matt Stafford only had one year above that. Matt Staff, he comes to town with Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford had his second or third highest year in the eight games in his career at adjusted yards per attempt, just yards per attempt factor in sacks, throwaways, everything like that. So, you know, it's something as to where you're going to see this, this offense develop if they can keep Matt Patricia there. Now, Matt Patricia, right, as a, you know, head coach has gotten behind trying to rebuild this offensive line. The offensive line, right, for the Lions, or the I should say the organization for the Lions, has only drafted uh, a, a offensive lineman or two offensive linemen in the first four rounds of the draft four times in NFL history or in the Lions history. That's only happened where they've drafted two offensive linemen in the first four rounds. Two of those times have come in the past four years. So you talk about prior to the past four years, right? All these other times, it, two times in the Lions history prior to Matt Patricia coming to town, they've drafted, you know, offensive linemen twice in the first four rounds. So it's, it's absolutely absurd. And, and Matt Patricia wants to run the ball. He's not the guy that's putting in the players. He's not the guy that's, that's trying to, uh, you know, essentially figure out who plays and who doesn't. That's on Daryl Bevel. And by the way, he was also the guy who wanted to draft a running back and carry on Johnson in the second round previously, carrying on Johnson didn't work out. Matt Patricia is the perfect run or per, the perfect head coach. Now, if he lasts past the season, you know, that's remains to be seen. But with everybody being injured and them rebuilding their entire team, trading away Darius Slay, you know, trading away multiple assets. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something as to where, like, like Matt Patricia could have another year. And it could be very, very successful in the future. He just can't keep a team healthy, which is the biggest issue. Yeah, I think regards to the hate, I think it, from the, at least in the fantasy community, I think it just comes down to the usage we were seeing for for DeAndre Swift uh, for a lot of the season. That the Adrian Peterson was getting a lot of carries, but I guess you're saying you think that's more on Bevel than than Patricia. I mean, I don't think it was a bad thing that Adrian Peterson was seeing the carries. Like Adrian Peterson wasn't that bad. He wasn't great. But he wasn't that bad. And by the way, when it came to DeAndre Swift, he missed a block, and that cost him the rest of the game when it came to his snaps. And then he dropped a big-time ball in, what was it, week one or week two, yeah. like in the end zone. And by the way, DeAndre Swift's a great receiver, but he's a rookie. It takes time for rookies to develop. You know, it takes time for them to get there. Not everybody's Saquon Barkley, you know, when it comes to their talent, and their talent's going to, you know, oversee their intelligence and their 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 playmaking ability and their instincts. thing is with Swift, right? The dude's uber like uber talented as a whole, but as a physical specimen, he's not like he is not Saquon Barkley, right? Like he's never going to mm-hmm. be at that level, but he still has the ability to be a top five running back in the NFL. And uh, one other thing I wanted to get into before we move on is is, and I guess I can kind of figure out where you're at from what you said earlier. You're definitely you're definitely a Swift over Ch guy to begin with. Then Ch is very capped with his speed. Um, you know, we saw it in college. Like he, even on his highlight reels, like right? just you watch his highlight reels. Like all these people are out there. Like this guy's so amazing. with the Chiefs now. I'm like, dude, literally that he's like, you realize he's gotten caught from behind on about ninety percent of the highlights. Yeah, he shook a guy, but he cannot beat guys to the edge, and he cannot end up, you know, with goal line carries. And we've seen it. You know, you can criticize JT all you want with. You know, inability to uh, to read blocks and then know where holes are and stuff. And and Ch is by the way better at that because JT's gotten uh, conditioned to hit a hole and hit that hole as hard as he can. Now with the you know bigger or the bigger defensive lineman and not as great of offensive lineman, 
when it comes to run blocking abilities, JT struggled with that. But when it comes to CH is what we're talking about. Like CH is too small to push pockets, to push holes. And with the hits he's taking, where he's getting slammed to the turf because of his size, that's not what I want to see from a smaller guy. Like this is not Christian McCaffrey learning how to take hits and going, you know, sliding underneath guys and getting low to the ground. He's taking guys up high and getting slammed from five feet above the ground straight onto his back. That's not what I want to see uh, from a guy that I'm willing to invest in a dynasty. Uh, when it comes to season long, you know, he, he's got a while for me. Like he could have two or three good years as a top, as an RB1, but it's going to be back in RB1. High floor, very low ceiling. And yeah, I'm right there with you with CEH. Uh, I, I think like a lot of people uh, coming into the process, he was my RB5 out of these five guys. And he, he got elevated up by me and a lot of people because of the Chiefs drafting him. Um, but, but as usual, we always learn that that situation isn't necessarily everything. Right now, he's he's still slightly higher than, like I said, than, than Swift. But I think we're going to see Swift come on more and more as the season goes on. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on, on CEH versus DeAndre Swift before we move on? Yeah, I love CEH coming in, so I drank the Kool-Aid, uh, if you will. <laughs> um, and I mean, he's been good, right? But I think it was a situation where he was so overhyped and people were expecting that Kareem Hunt yeah. rookie year that that he's not doing that. He's seen as a disappointment. He's only had one game under 10 fantasy points, which is great. So like, kind of like Chase was saying, a low floor. He's tied to a Wait, great high floor, offense. High floor. High floor, excuse me. High floor. Yeah. <laughs> it's the wine. It's the wine. And, um, and uh, so when they when they signed Bell um, is when I got concerned personally. Um, so when they signed Bell, he's only played, CEH has played 53%, 49%, 40%, and then 51% of the snaps. And for me, there's nothing really holding Damian Williams taking that role next year, right? Like Damian Williams still under contract next year. He can come in and be that Lev Bell role and take, you know, the series. What we've seen, it's been CEH for two series and then a Lev Bell series. So um, for me, like, I think I just have take lock and I just don't want to say it that I have Swift <laughs> over CEH yet. So I feel like the soldiers in uh, 300, like I feel like I'm on my last stance because Swift is looking so good. And eventually I could probably see it. Um, but for, for right now, I'm still taking CEH over Swift. Yeah. And to, to your point about the snap percentage, even in the more surface statistics, you can even see that. I mean, his touches have fallen off dramatically since, since Bell got there. Yep. He had, uh, prior to this past week, he had three games in a row with eight, uh, eight carries or less and three catches or less. So, um, yeah, it's definitely an issue. And, uh, the two touchdowns helped him a lot this last week. He still didn't touch the ball a ton. I mean, 15's not bad, um, in today's NFL, but, uh, I, I think I'm with both of you that I'm elevating Swift over, over CEH at this point. I was never big. I always thought it was ridiculous. I remember back in the, right before the season started, uh, Ryan McDowell putting out there that he was like RB or overall the number five, uh, pick in non superflex drafts. In, in the DLF mock drafts, which I always thought was insane. Um, and, and we've seen that bear out. So, and I, I agree with you. I think Damian Williams could just take over that Levy, or they'll have somebody take over that Le'Veon Bell role next year. I don't think he's ever, uh, that was my issue to begin with that I never thought, I mean, he did have a few 20 carry games this year, but I don't think that's what they want. Yeah, so, 
Yeah, so we'll. Uh, it was what they wanted until they saw him, you know, start to take hits, and they're like, "Dude, we cannot." Yeah, like he does not know how to take hits. Like that's the thing. Like so, Reggie Bush, right? Perfect example, like of a guy that I want to, you know, equate him to. And it's not because they have skill, similar skill sets. It's because Reggie Bush never got touched in college. Clyde Edwards Hilaire never got touched yeah. because he was so damn quick. Nobody could touch him. Right then, you sit there and you saw what happened to Reggie Bush. He got hit time and time and time and time again because they used him in the wrong way. And so all of a sudden, Reggie Bush started developing injury issues because he had no idea how to take hits. It is so important in the NFL to know how to take hits. You know, we see it with the quarterback position, but not enough people bring it up with the running back position. And that's why the bowling balls in the NFL, like a James, you know, James Robinson, do so well because. They're bowling balls. They've been taking hits their entire career, and they deliver hits. And so when you have a guy that doesn't know how to take a hit at a running back position, that's almost like a death sentence to an extent. And up until he learns how to take hits, which, by the way, I'm not saying it's over for him. I'm not saying that he's going to end up being injury prone. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying up until he stops going for jump balls with a linebacker two feet away from him that's ready to deck him or going up against a 350-pound defensive tackle you know, and trying to, to skirt his way past him, it's it's something as to where you know he needs to learn how to do it before I invest in a guy like that. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, so I think that was a good discussion on all three of those guys. Uh, but now we'll move on to our dynasty strategy portion of the show. Dynasty strategy. Uh, usually, as always, we go over the injury, a couple of the injuries first. Um, there's two kind of big ones I wanted to point out this week. First is obviously Joe Burrow, ACL, MCL, other. Other structural knee damage um, done for the season. Uh, sounds like a, a, at least a year recovery t- or at least nine to 12 months recovery time. Uh, may even miss the beginning of next year. Uh, so, so Nick, do you think this – does this affect Joe Burrow's value himself for you? I think it has to, right? You know, I think Russ has been kind of talking about it all season on the Trade Addicts podcast that – in dynasty it's so hard to separate the dynasty value to the fantasy production value and i mean if if joe burrow's gonna he's gonna miss the rest of this year it's a good chance he misses half of next year that's a lot of games you know that's 14 that's almost a full season that you're losing in production um so i think he definitely has to take a hit um would i sell him at that new new low price absolutely not i think i think burrow's definitely hold he's shown what he can do uh, the guy's a competitor. He's a stud. He's surrounded. He'll be have Tyler Boyd. He'll have uh, T. Higgins. Um, so I do think his price will decrease, but I'm, I'm definitely not selling. Would you be looking to buy then? I would, yeah. I would definitely buy Burrow. If I can get any kind of discount, I'd definitely try to buy Burrow. And Chase, uh, what do you think this does for, for, for those Cincinnati weapons? Are you basically out on them for the rest, at least the rest of 2020? Not obviously from a dynasty perspective, but for 2020, are you hesitant about even starting a Boyd or a Higgins in, in your lineup at this point? No, Boyd's been getting away with, with murder for years now. I mean, and, and he has some really like sick matchups like this week individually. I love him this week, even with Brandon Allen at home. You know, it's just, it's going to be matchup dependent. I can't sit there and say like, oh, you should definitely, you know, start Higgins the rest of the year. You should definitely start. It's going to be matchup dependent. I'm going to be looking at cornerback matchups. I'm going to be checking out, uh, you know, individual type, uh, almost like I would stream, you know, like streaming type decisions. I still mm-hmm. want to keep them on my roster, but I'm not going to be playing them every week. It's going to be like a streaming type decision. And it, it's going to mean, it's going to remain majority wise on game script and then matchups up against cornerbacks. 
Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, I think both of those guys, T. Higgins even had kind of evolved into the point where he was an every week starter, I think, uh, with Joe Burrow and boy definitely was. But, uh, I think that's a good way to look at it. Just base it off of the matchups at this point. Um, I think, uh, the one thing that concerns me the most, uh, Rockies, I don't know if they're going to bring Mixon back at all this year. I mean, what's the point? The team's going nowhere. They just saw their franchise quarterback rip up his knee. There's no point in running out Mixon there with that offensive line. Um, so I'm kind of concerned that he's not going to come back. What was that, Chase? And the new contract. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that actually reminds me, one I didn't put on the show sheet is Gia showed up with a concussion today. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan season? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to go down that alley yet. What's up with Rodney Anderson? I think, is he still there? Did he opt I think out? That, still, I, I, I think, think he's still there, right? I think they either cut him or he opted out or something. Yeah. yeah I thought he wound up in a practice squad somewhere, but I could be wrong. Yeah. And I'm looking think, him up right now if you guys just want to keep talking. Yeah. I know, I know Travion. Well, that's the two names I heard um, when this geo concussion thing came up is, is Samaj P. Ryan, because he's been in, uh, gotten a little bit of run uh, in these games without mixing. And then uh, Travion Williams. Uh, I know some people on Twitter are excited about because. <laughs> He was a bit of a thing, you know, when he came out his, his rookie season. Some people liked him, and then he got drafted by the Bengals, and it was like a, I think that, that was the same year as Rodney Anderson, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So yeah. Rodney Anderson is still out. He filled his physical back in August 17th, so that's the most recent thing. <laughs> same. Um, I did the same, so I'm right there with you, Rodney. I feel like they might have, like, waved, injured him or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure. but Yeah, he's still out there. I mean, it doesn't say that he's still injured. He just failed his physical. Uh, meanwhile, exclusively special teams play was for Trayvon Williams, who played zero <laughs> of snaps during Sunday's loss, twenty to nine, versus the Washington Football Team. So, yeah, we'll see if he has a bigger offensive role. Because, wait, Samaje Piran? Yeah, I, he got hurt I too, know. didn't he? No, I think I think he's okay. I thought it'd be like a brotherly revenge game up against Washington. By the way. <laughs> yeah that's right his old team um but anyway um that i think does it for the injuries um one other thing i wanted to mention which uh if you guys will give me a second here is just that uh last week we talked about some trade targets for contenders and, and a couple guys i left out that i just wanted to bring up again you guys can feel free to comment on them if you want which was uh one was uh more along, one of the ones I gave last week was Cole Beasley because of, of his fairly consistent double-digit production, and nobody really cares about Cole Beasley. Another guy in that being he's kind of almost a poor man's Cole Beasley, which I don't know if anybody ever would utter that phrase. But um, <laughs> <laughs> a poor man's Cole Beasley is that a thing? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't think anybody else in the universe has ever uttered the phrase "poor man." Isaiah Cole Wright. Beasley. Isaiah Wright. It's got to be Isaiah Wright. <laughs> it's Tim Patrick. <laughs> um, Tim Patrick plays on the outside, though. That's true. That's true. He's not a slot guy. I just meant in terms of production. He's he's <laughs> he's a guy who's going to give you a, a solid ten points most weeks, if not more. Um, he he's been he's done well ever since the Sutton uh, injury. Um, and, and he's not a guy I would be chasing after. It's more of a guy I think you could throw into another bigger trade. Um, I, I mean, I don't think his value is much more than the third. Uh, I don't think anybody expects him to be anything beyond this year. Um, before I get to my next one, just uh, what do you? Uh, any thoughts on Tim Patrick? No, no. But I got, okay. I got, I got some thoughts on Cole Beasley. I got, I got something that will bring all the oh. listeners to the yard 
right? <laughs> it's going to bring them to the yard. They're going to all listen. And people are going to flock in for this analysis, right? <laughs> who do we have? Hire. Like, or I should say, who's the poor bands to who? Cole Beasley <laughs> or Adam Humphreys? No, I'm just kidding. We don't have to talk about that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take Cole Beasley. He's got better hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just kidding. I, I know the answer is Cole Beasley. I'm just messing around. Yeah. Uh, and the other guy, I, I, I should have mentioned him in the trade target thing last week, but because um, I even did talk about him later in the show. As I just, I just want to bring him up again because he is my man crush of the 2020 season, which is Deontay Johnson. Uh, he's just, I still don't think people uh, th- uh, this week will help change that. Some, I wish I had said him last week. Um, but I still just don't think people are valuing him as highly as I think they should be. I still think he's a guy you can get for like one first, which probably, I mean, I, I guess I understand that, but I mean, what he's doing is kind of ridiculous in terms of volume. Um, is that he's getting, the six healthy games he's played 10, 13, 15, 10, 11, 16 targets he's producing with it. Um, Juju's not going to be there next year. I like buying him because I think he's a guy that's going to, you can get now and he's going to increase in value. Um, like you can get him for, for probably a mid to late first now, I think still. And he could be worth more than that at the end of the year. He's put, you know, six, one, 16, a touchdown two weeks ago, 12 for one eleven last week. Chase, I saw you making some faces while I was talking there. So, 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 talk to me. I was just, I was curious what impressive stat you were talking about. The fact that he had all those receptions, or that he actually played six games this season. <laughs> <laughs> he's in his second year. He's, I mean, injury prone is not a thing. He had four injury marred games. Just curious, like which one yeah. you were talking about was impressive? Which one was the <laughs> impressive part? The six games or the receptions? No, my my point was that in the six healthy games, I think the only reason his value is depressed somewhat from what it probably should be is because he's only played six healthy games this year. He, he oh, left, so the impressive er, part was the receptions, not the healthy games that he's played. That's correct. Okay, and the receptions sure and, the, the and the targets. Yeah, he hasn't had a healthy game with less than ten targets. He's ten to sixteen in 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 all six games, which is a very healthy target share that not a lot of guys get. And he's in a a, a team that has Juju and Chase Claypool, and he's still commanding this target share. No, that's uh, crazy, man. I, I can't wait to see him play nine games in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he played or he was healthy for all 16 last year, so I'm not I'm not saying he's an injury-prone guy. I don't, I don't think he is, but... Uh, yeah, I'm just Ch- excited Ch- for the nine games, that's all. <laughs> Ch- Chase is excited for the nine games. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, uh, I <clears throat> I will take those nine games and hopefully a little <laughs> bit more. But <laughs> I will uh, I'll definitely use that to buy him. I love Deontay Johnson. Um, I wish I hopped on the bus a little sooner than I did. Um, I know you were talking about all offseason, Rocky. I really should have listened. Um, the one thing you didn't mention is how pass-heavy the Steelers are getting, which has been great for Juju and Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Uh, the last two last couple games – um, they went 46-20 pass run against the Jags, and, like, they destroyed them. And then when they beat the Bengals, they went 46-27 pass run. So even though they're facing the bad teams where usually you'll see them just run the clock out, they are passing the ball, and I love that for Deontay Johnson going forward as well. 
I love how you said they're getting pass heavy, as if Ben Roethlisberger didn't attempt 600 passes. Right, his last healthy season, yeah. <laughs> I just say, usually when you're up a couple touchdowns, you know, you give it to your running back, that's all. No, no he, they but, can't run the no, ball. That right is now. a good point. I mean, against the Bengals, they were, like, crushing them the entire game, and they just kept throwing it and throwing it. So They can't run right now. They're, they're uh, first and second down uh, yardage when it comes to running the ball is actually significantly, like, low for the league average. They're, they're not able to get yards, so they're getting forced in, like, these third and sevens, and they're just taking shots every time because most teams are assuming, man, you guys are beating us by, like, 20. Like, just go get the first down, and then they take a 60-yard shot, and it works. <laughs> like, they, they find Claypool in one-on-one coverage. They find Deontay Johnson or, or Juju Smith-Schuster. They find them all in one-on-one coverage. So it's actually really funny how that's, that's all kind of coming to fruition. But it, it scares me with Deontay Johnson. Um, Deontay Johnson it might be left with, with uh, you know, the duck next year. Like, who knows who he's going to be left with in the future. And, you know, they trade away their, their first-round pick, so they weren't able to add a quarterback. Like, I'm, I'm deathly scared for Deontay Johnson, you know, moving forward. Now, this year, great. Like, he's killing it, but we're past the trade deadline. Like, you know, this is something where, like, yeah, like, great. You have Deontay Johnson. He might, you know, stay healthy the rest of the year. But – do I feel good about him moving forward after this year? That that scares the shit out of me. Yeah, I'm 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 not that. I, I mean, I think Ben is going to be there next year. I don't, I'm not worried about that at all. Um, unless you know, unless you're thinking injury again. Um, we also talked about retiring, you know, a year ago. So. Uh, he, he's done that for like the last three or four years, hasn't he? But he's getting <laughs> up there. Like he's Philip Rivers' age. He's he's Eli Manning. He's retires age. Like. Like he's not a young spring chicken. Like, and we see oh, quarterbacks no. they drop off at the age of thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight. They fall off if they don't take care of their body. Meanwhile, Ben Roethlisberger has openly came out and said that he doesn't do anything in the yeah, offseason. He's, he's never off. taken care of his body, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was exactly. Say. <laughs> so he could absolutely, like what I'm saying is he could absolutely just fall off a cliff. You know, like he, he got a little bit of an extra year with a year off. But I'm I'm nervous for him. I want to I want to watch the rest of the season. I want to see how the playoffs go. Like, I want to see him continue to throw the ball like he has been before I make a decision on Deontay Johnson, who can't stay healthy himself. So, And, yeah, again, I think that's uh, that can't stay healthy is a little – I know he's had injury issues this year, but he, he didn't last year. I don't think we can label him some guy who can't stay healthy. But um, let's move on to the next topic, which was uh, Taysom Hill. Uh, everybody last week, I listened to, I listened to a ton of pods and – Literally almost no one was considering Taysom Hill as the possible starter. We all, including this pod, talk about what does Jameis Winston mean for, for the New Orleans offense and all this stuff. And it was Taysom Hill, and he finished QB3 for the week. Um, so, Nick, what does Taysom Hill mean for this <laughs> New Orleans offense? What do, you, what do you think? Do you think he can keep this up? Do you think – how long – I kind of think Breeze is probably going to be out longer than the IR stint will require him to be. So I definitely think this is a relevant point for fantasy owners for the rest of the season in, in terms of Taysom Hill, how he's going to do, how the rest of the offense is going to do. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I've always hated Taysom Hill, but, uh, you know, I do have to give him props where he deserved it. I mean, he didn't look terrible, right? You know, I think he looked pretty decent against Atlanta. Um, he targeted Michael Thomas 12 times, which is what I feel like I would do if I was playing quarterback for the Saints, just get Michael Thomas the ball. Um he has a pretty nice schedule coming up as well. So he's got Denver. He has Atlanta again, who he just torched. Um, and then he has Philly, Kansas City, and then Minnesota in week 16. 
So if he's still the starter in week 16 for your championship, he gets that Minnesota defense. He might actually put up some decent numbers. Um, I love his rushing floor, right? You know, so he had 10, I think for 51 and two touchdowns on the ground Has a nice floor as a quarterback. Um, the one thing that I did hate to see was Alvin Kamara, one target, no catches, just completely bombs his value, right? You know, you were, we're used to seeing Kamara get six to eight catches a game, you know, 50, 60 receiving yards. And that's just not Hill's game. I think, I think La, uh, Latavius Murray is more fit to work with Taysom Hill because they, it's just kind of more of a ground and pound. Um, Taysom Hill doesn't really look to dump off all that much. Um, so I guess I go from really hating him to just hating him a little bit. But, um, what did you think of his performance, Chase? I thought it was terrible, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, he ended up making some, some plays towards the tail end of the game, but he couldn't hit broadside of barn outside of Michael Thomas. Um, I want to see a quarterback that's, that's able to hit, hit the deep pass. And that's just not happening with Taysom Hill. Now, will he remain the starter? Yes. For at least a couple games. Um, essentially the way that the contract situation is working out there, they have to pay Taysom at least 11 million next year. So if they decide to, you know, play, if they decided to play Jason, uh, Jameis Winston, this is the whole reason, the whole reason why Jameis Winston had no chance of starting last week. Like, you know, everybody was talking about it, just like, you know, how Rocky brought it up, but he had no chance of starting because they owe, they owe, uh, Hill 11 million guaranteed or over 11 million guaranteed. The rest is in bonuses up to 16 million. If they had to end up paying, or if they end up starting James Winston, he did well, then they would end up extending him. If there was something to happen with Drew Brees, if Drew Brees didn't get to, or if Drew Brees played again next season, then they're going to owe Drew Brees another 20 million or whatever it is. So now all of a sudden you have over 30 million invest in your quarterback again for the, for another year, they're strapped with cash or they're strapped with, with cap. Like they have no wiggle room at all. They've restructured every's contracts. So if Breeze drops out and then Jameis Winston plays extremely well, they're almost going to be forced to play Jameis or to pay Jameis Winston at least a minimum of $25 million, if not $30 million, for a one-year kind of prove-it deal for the entire season. Along with paying, of course, Taysom Hill another you know, $11 million plus incentives. There is no way they, they could have afforded that. So they need to make sure that Taysom Hill is not their quarterback of the future. Very similar to how, I, and obviously you're saving ten million compared to what Kim Newton was, but they could have their starting quarterback for eleven million dollars a year, plus incentives up to sixteen. And if you can get your starting quarterback at that price, you're golden. So what's going to happen is, is you know, this is more than just three week injury. So they're going to give it a few weeks, and up until Taysom Hill starts losing them games because of his inability to not only realize who's open, but also connect with the open player because there were plenty of opportunities that he missed on big-time plays, whether it was just missing because of his accuracy or missing because of his inability to recognize open players, you know, they're, they're going to sit there and, and they're going to give him the opportunity. If he continues to succeed, then great. Jameis Winston's out, and if he goes to a different team, signs a good-sized contract, he plays the majority of games, they get a compensatory pick. So they're cool with that. If he ends up you know, succeeding with that team and does very, very well, it's okay. It's all right. It's not a big deal because they got their starting quarterback and they were able to keep their team intact. But Taysom Hill has to do at least, at least average, if not above average in this case. And he did not prove that he could do that in this past game. Teams figure out running quarterbacks. They struggle with quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, who are able to make plays 
when they need to with their feet. But when it comes to running quarterbacks like Taysom Hill proved that he was this past week, it's not something I want to get behind. The majority yeah. of his completions came to Michael Thomas, to, to, to guys where they called a quick route. It was quick, hit, boom, boom, done. And that's how the, the, the Saints like to operate. But he has to prove that he's on a different level uh, for me to actually buy into him and the offense as a whole. Meanwhile, by the way, let me go ahead and give one more mention. This is the first time in Alvin Kamara's career that he did not have a reception, I believe. That was insane. And Latavius Murray, thanks to Kudu Duda, by the way. She brought this to my attention. Latavius Murray had his highest snap count. He had like 50% snap share uh, this week, or over 50% snap share this week. I think he even caught a couple of balls. But yeah, to your point, Chase, I think this is going to inflate Taysom Hill's price to the point where I'm not going to want to touch him, right? Like, I think I think he could be a nice filler quarterback, but I think people are going to ask too much, and I probably wouldn't be. Right? I don't think I'd give a first for him, but I wouldn't be surprised if people are kind of looking for that. Oh, I got off the fantasy track of that. Yeah, I don't want Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I got a little bit uh, – I don't even know where I'm going with that. Well, I was, uh, I was, I didn't realize that what you said about Murray. Why do you think that is that Murray got such a high snap share with Taysom Hill in there? I don't know. You got to go look up Cooter Doodle at Cooter Doodle on Twitter. Cooter Doodle. Cooter Doodle. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got to go check her out and ask her because she was the expert on this and she gives a whole spiel. Meanwhile, I was dealing with things on the back end, uh, trying to, to handle the website stuff in the middle of our podcast. And, and <laughs> I, I struggled to actually pay attention to it. I'm, it's it's crazy how much stuff is going on behind the scenes. So go ask her at Cooterdoodle <laughs> on Twitter. Okay, we'll do. Uh, just one more thing. I'm curious. Do you think that the New Orleans Saints, either of you, you can answer this, the New Orleans Saints 21, 2021 quarterback is currently on the roster? Yes. Breeze or, or one of the other two? It just depends on how this goes. I think it's <laughs> Breeze. I think Breeze comes back for one more. I don't see a reason as to why Breeze would. Uh, he's failing epically um, as a whole right now. It, and it's not he's not failing as a general. He's failing as a passer. He can't pass it on the field. He's very similar to Tom Brady, where they are both struggling significantly while passing it downfield. Traquan Smith is the Michael Gallup plus over there, and he's failing to deliver him the balls. Keep in mind, Traquan Smith did have to play a role where he wasn't used to with Michael Thomas over there because Michael Thomas was hurt. Like, he's had to play that role. I think I said that right. Anyways... Um, you know, that's that's not the role he should be playing. He's a guy that should be going and getting deep balls. And it showed at the tail end of last season when Drew Brees actually let it let it fly. And yeah, it's not something as to where it's gonna be a regular thing, not just one year removed, but two years removed. Meanwhile, they do have the 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 quarterback on the roster. And whether it's Drew Brees, it could be Drew Brees. I'm not saying it's definitely not Drew Brees, but I hope it's not Drew Brees for his own sake. Uh, you know, it's got to be Taysom Hill because he's locked into a contract or it's going to be Jameis Winston because of the fact that Taysom Hill struggles. So Jason, Jameis Winston comes in, you know, at least a game or two and absolutely goes off and he goes on a one-year proven contract. But Drew Brees would have to retire at that point. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I kind of, I, I don't see, the only reason I can see for Brees to come back is if he's really concerned about this whole Brady stats thing. Um, with them going back and forth on, I think, uh, the touchdown pass record. Um, so, uh, and Brady's, I think, is definitely going to be back next year. So if Breeze cares about that, then maybe. But otherwise, I don't see any reason for him to come back. Um, and I kind of agree with you. I think one of those two will be the quarterback next year. I, I kind of think it will be Taysom. Um, 
it, as long as he, like you said, as long as he doesn't fall on his face in these remaining games, I, I kind of think they're going to go with him. Well, it's not even falling on his face. He has to produce touchdown or he has to produce passing yards and he has to produce passing touchdowns and he has to show that he's not going to make knucklehead moves. And I know they trust him, but this is something as where he has to go out and prove that he can actually be a passer. And and it's not even about falling on his face as much. And I, I know I referenced that, but he has to prove that he has like, he has talent as a passer in order for him to, to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And uh, I do think, too, that the, the rushing aspect of Taysom helps a lot, too, though, um, just because in general, you know, it's good to have a mobile quarterback at this point in, in the NFL. Um, but anyway, we'll move on to the next topic, um, which was uh, I referenced it earlier as possible face-off topic, but I still wanted to get into it um, with both JT and Dobbins uh, this week, Jonathan Taylor and Dobbins. Uh, both saw uh, a, a very high usage rate this week, uh, very high touchdown. Per- I'm not touchdown. I'm sorry, touch percentage this week, especially. Um, they both had over twice the amount of touches of the two other guys who've been stealing touches from them. Uh, I don't have uh, Dobbins in front of me. I know JT had 22 uh, carries and four uh, catches. Um, like I said, I don't have Dobbins in front of me, but I know he had way out-touched Ingram and Gus Bus this week. So um, are we finally, Chase, I know you talked about Taylor a little bit earlier when we, when we went into the face-off. You think we're finally seeing maybe these two emerge? Uh, obviously, Dobbins also has the COVID thing, so so that that's going to be an issue at least for one week, uh, if not two. But um, Or do you think this is just a blip on the radar and we're still going to see these three guys on, on both teams flop all around in terms of usage? Yeah, I mean, J.K. Dobbins is going to take a while for him to break out and, and be that guy. I mean, they got a sixth schedule coming up to an extent, but you think but, this the rest of this year though? Not we're not talking twenty twenty one, like the rest of twenty twenty. I wouldn't trust him. I don't. I don't <laughs> see like I. I just don't see the reason to trust him. You know, up to this point, it, it's just something like yeah, I like Dobbins, and I'm probably going to play him in most matchups, but. Like, do I think he's going to be an RB one, even RB two? It's it's in doubt. Meanwhile, Jonathan Taylor, it it for me, it's going to happen this week or not. So, like, I, I trade deadlines over, right? For almost all leagues that are seasonal. Yeah, but I mean, in dynasty leagues, there's still a lot of leagues where you can trade for guys. Yeah, well, I mean, you're saying in 2020 versus 2021. Oh, so. right. But I'm just, I, yeah, I'm just saying from from a 2020 perspective, do you think that I, I agree with you? I think Dobbins is definitely going to be the guy in 2021. Um, but just in terms of 20, I even in dynasty leagues, we still care about 2020. So, um, I was just wondering what you thought in terms of 2020. No, well, so all right, in terms of 2020, like the person has a better chance of breaking out, I guess. Um, would be Jonathan Taylor still, uh, you know, schedule combined with the ability to, I guess, uh, command a major workload might be slightly higher, but both these guys are kind of sticks in the mud to an extent up until we figure out what's going on. And yeah, it's not something where I'm taking a chance on either guy if I'm trying to find the rest of 2020. Okay. Nick, uh, I, I, and I, I see what you're saying there. And I think this week, especially for Taylor is going to tell a lot. If the, if they go back to him again, I'm going to feel a lot more confident going forward rest of the season. Um, and, and, and both of these guys, I think they have the talent. Um, I, they were right up there for me as, as uh, I think they were, I, I did have them as my RB one and two. I actually had Swift three, um, uh, going into the draft process. 
but Nick, what what do you think in terms of the rest of uh, uh, this season, at least? Because I think I think we all probably agree in twenty twenty one we'll see maybe see these guys take off a little more. Yeah, I think uh, I have a little more trust in Dobbins um, taking off than JT. Um, I think JT, I'm a little worried about the Colts sticking with the hot hand, um, kind of like what they've been doing. So I definitely agree with both you guys. I think this week is a huge week for JT. Uh, last week, Hines yeah. got both green zone touches, which was really disappointing. Um, it did feel more of like a hot hand situation in, in Indianapolis. For the Ravens, it felt like a change into the guard a little bit. Um, Dobbins played 41 snaps compared to 13 for Gus Edwards and only six for Mark Ingram. Uh, my only worry there is like it was Ingram's first game back. So maybe they were easing him back in. Uh, but if they're not, um, I mean, it's I think it's wheels off for Dobbins. He's, he's a perfect fit for that offense. Um, he got the only green zone touch converted with a touchdown. He got both um, running back targets this week. Uh, so for me, Dobbins felt more like they were giving it to him more than just, oh, Jonathan's Taylor's hot. Let's feed him. Yeah, it's just a shame him. He got the got the COVID, um, so he's. It seems like he's definitely not going to play this week. Um, I, I'm not sure what that means for. I know. I think I Cam missed two weeks when he got COVID. I'm pretty sure uh, Dobbins and Ingram both actually tested positive for COVID. They're not just uh, yeah, close contact kind of yep. thing. Yeah. So, um, so we'll see how that goes. It looks like it's going to be Gus Bus against the Steelers, assuming that game gets played. Uh, uh, and maybe maybe we'll see the the revival of, of the Justice Hill bandwagon. I don't know, but uh, I'm on <laughs> it, <Twitter>, darling. <laughs> You're on it, Chase. No, I'm not. I, I want to be like so. I have him in a lot of places because yeah. obviously with Dobbins, like and Edwards and the contract situation, you're actually going to have J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill are the only two running backs on the roster come 2021. So, well, I should rephrase that because they can save 10 million and cut Ingram in 2021. Now they might rework his his contract, but there's no way they're going to pay him ten million dollars for 2021 no, to be no, a backup no. running back to J.K. Dobbins. Is Edwards' contract up? I thought that yeah, was he an, is he an RFA or is he just no? They restructured his contract this past year, I believe. Okay, uh, he's he might be an R. He might be. That's what I thought. Agent, I thought he might be an sure RFA. Yeah. Okay. Either way, they're not going to. What are they going to put on him? This fifth round pick, sixth round pick, seventh yeah. round pick, probably. Like, <laughs> they're not going to pay exactly. him because they have so much money invested. You know, in the other aspects of it. So Justice Hill is actually going to be the change of pace back, you know, for the Ravens. So I'm holding on to him. But up against the Steelers, no, I'm not going to be playing Justice Hill. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, if you're going to play anybody, it's got to be Gus is the only one you can consider. Um, And then uh, one last thing that I put through on the show sheet here at the last minute uh, before we get on to find me a trade. Uh, gonna do the corny. Uh, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. We're recording this Wednesday night, so do the do the corny. What we're thankful for in fantasy, uh, Nick. You, you got something for me? Yeah, um, I'll get sappy with you, Rocky. I think uh, <laughs> you know I'm thankful for all the friends and all the people I've met through the fantasy community. You know, everyone from uh, you know all the guys in Trade Addicts Three League to you know the fantasy footballers and all that writing staff that that I met. Um, I've just met so many cool people and different people, right? Like I thought I was the only person whose body naturally woke up, woke up at 4 a.m. to check waivers every Wednesday. And it turns out <laughs> I'm not, you know, so to learn that and to talk with people uh, who also have this weird obsession of a game about a game 
um, has been great. And I'm, I'm super thankful for everyone in the fantasy community, including you, Chase, and Rocky as well. <laughs> Appreciate it. Chase, you got anything? I'm leaving. He took mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest with you guys, like it's been very rewarding. So, of course, it, it's been, oh, man, just to say the least, invigorating to be around people because I'm I'm here in Virginia Beach, right? Yeah, it's like Virginia Beach, we're five hours from any kind of major sports. We got nothing <laughs> around us. Um, you know, a sports bar, we have three of them here. Like that's it. You know, it's all tiki bars and everything. And so, especially being in the bar industry, it's something that's like I said, reinvigorating to actually being in a a sports community. So I absolutely love it and couldn't get enough of it to be honest with you guys. Happy to be here, happy to meet you guys. Uh, you know, just happy to be part of the community and stoked on it. And I definitely second that from both of you, or I guess third it. Um, I, I mentioned when I threw it on the show, she, it could be a player. I, I'm going to actually give a player as well, which is I'm very thankful for Mike Davis. Um, I, I have him in a redraft home league. I, I, I got him off waivers after CMC got hurt. I have him on like six or seven dynasty teams. He's, uh, he did tail off somewhat towards the middle and more recent part of the season, uh, but he was kind of a godsend early on, giving you like kind of 70% of, of, of CMC for quite a few weeks there. So he'd be the player I'm thankful for. And then I did have the sappy one too, which was just uh, I'm very thankful uh, to specifically, uh, like you said, the fantasy community, especially uh, Russ and Brian Haar and the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network for bringing us on. Um, and, and for helping us out and supporting us in this, uh, the Dynasty Junkies podcast for me and Dustin, uh, when he was here and, and me going forward, they've been very supportive since Dustin had to leave as well. Uh, and, uh, as also my TA3 guys like you, Nick, uh, my co, you know, my guest co-host this week, I got a couple other, uh, Trade Addicts 3 guest co-hosts coming on in the, in the future weeks. So I appreciate you guys. And, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, thanks to, to Russ, to Brian, and, and to you, Nick, and, and to all those guys. Well, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yep. So uh, with that, we will move on to our Find Me a Trade. And this week, it was submitted by one Dustin Church. <laughs> with Dustin no longer here, I thought it might be fun to use one of his rosters. Uh, before I move on to, I will mention again, I mentioned it last week. I know this is... Uh, kind of a weird time for, for, for trading for some people and some dynasty leagues do have trade, uh, deadlines around this time. So dumb. So, yeah, I, yeah. Um, but, uh, but I do, we do, we do not have any current submissions. So that's why I asked Dustin to give me one. If you want to send one in, you can send it to, uh, my Twitter handle at dynasty FF addict or the dynasty junkies Twitter handle at dynasty junkies or dynasty junkies pot at gmail.com. Okay, with that can business really, out of the can way. Can I say something about that real quick? Yes. In my opinion, and maybe I'm dead wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But people that prevent people from tanking are the worst types of people. I mean, you have a roster that you cannot win with, right? You have a roster that is completely dissipated. Maybe you took over an orphan team. And for people to not allow tanking is just inhumane. You know, I understand that maybe it affects your playoff spot, but guess what? They probably lost against you too. So the reality of the situation is, is it doesn't really affect leagues as a whole. One loss, you know, versus somebody else when they're not playing. Or, by the way, I still agree with you playing your best possible starters. But That's what I was just going to ask you what you meant by tanking because there's, yeah, there's 
to me, rebuilding, tearing stuff. apart your team, and yes. tanking it, are a little bit different to me. So you like if you have like all right if you have CMC and Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb and Joshua Jacobs and then you pulling out Nick Chubb and Joshua Jacobs out of your starting lineup that's that's not acceptable. Yes. But, okay. You know when you're trying to rebuild your team like you only have you know a certain amount of players whatever the case is like it's just something as to where like you still got to play your best players but don't sit there and try to prevent a bad team from being a competitor. Like if I decide to trade away half my players because my players are all over the edge of 30 and now you set up a toilet bowl thing where I have to compete with the top six teams in the conference who have all these starters and I end up in last again and again and again, it's what causes people to disconnect and rebuilding teams, teams that want to rebuild should be allowed to. And people that prevent that are are ridiculous. So. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I, I've mostly come around on this. I used, to, I never wanted to trade deadline before the playoffs start. Um, I used to be on the side that I didn't love the idea of trading during the playoffs just because I think some people tend to sell out even more once you're actually in the playoffs, even then, even then leading up to the playoffs. But I'm um, okay with that. That, I mean, yeah, I, I can see your point. And like make I said, I've, come, I've mostly trade. come if around on it. You want them more, make a better trade. Yeah, I've mostly come around on it, like I said. That, that was my only issue. But uh, all my leagues, I used to – I commissioned like five or six leagues. And just this past year, I switched them all to no no trade deadline for that very reason. So I, I'm with you, Chase. Um, but let me get into the to the roster so we can – You didn't have a commissioner in. question, so I wanted to bring that up anyway. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, no commission quarter this week. But you, you, came, you came up with the topic. Um, but let me get into Dustin's uh, team. It's uh, – it's a 12-team PPR Superflex, a 2.0 tight end premium, so so a pretty hefty premium. It's also an Empire League that's in year one. For anybody who doesn't know what an Empire League is, there's basically money set aside. Uh, generally, the way it works is if, if you win two years in a row, um, you get that Empire pot uh, in addition to winning for the year. And usually at that point, the league then either restarts or just, just ends. Um, just in case anyone's not familiar with Empire Leagues. Um, but anyway, his Empire Leagues end. I've played in Empire Leagues and they don't end. They just keep going. Uh, yeah, that, that's my, I mean, I've never, I, I'm in one now, but I've only been in one and I'm in one now. I actually won it last year. So we'll see what happens. But they've actually been up for debate exactly how they're going to handle if I win again. But, um, yeah, I, I've heard it both ways that the league ends or that you just restart and draft everybody again. Dude, like vampire leagues, like I'm cool with that. But come on, man. If you're doing a good job at what we're doing, why would they discontinue? Oh, wait, you're too good. Like we should all quit. Come on. <laughs> just go beat you. Go beat you. Like that's yeah. all. But with uh, Dustin's league, um, we're, we're talking way too much about the different stuff. <laughs> so I can get into this find me a trade. Find me a trade. It's Sorry. thirty man rosters. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. I, I like it. Um, it's always fun to, to to go off script a little. But uh, it's start eleven. Uh, it's one each of each position: QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Then the super flex and six flex positions. Also six point passing TDs. Um, it's he's got a ten and one team. First in the standings. First in points. Feels he's a very strong contender. But said he's looking for any moves to put me over the top. Um, it's a, just so you know, as you, you might hear some of these team names, the theme of the, the, the league is Marvel versus DC. So his team is Batman. Um, and I will, uh, I'll get into mine first. Cause I think mine's kind of the, the simplest one here. Um, 
which was I just had him. Uh, uh, well, actually, let me get into his roster just so people know what we're talking about. He has uh, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Tua, quarterback, plus Joe Flacco and Andy Dalton. So we actually got five guys starting right now uh, at running back. He's got Cam Akers, James Conner, Zeke, Gordon, and Taylor. So uh, that's the extent of his running backs. I'm not going to go through all the receivers, but he's got Adams. <laughs> mess people up. <laughs> uh, what, what, why is that? But no, it's just a lot to keep up with. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's got Adams, Cooper, uh, Ridley, Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks, uh, Antonio Brown, and, and some other guys there I'm not going to get into. And then TJ Hawkinson and and Tunyon at tight end, um, plus some guys on his taxi squad. The only, the only real significant one is Joshua Kelly. So now I will get into my trade, which was a rather simple one, which was uh, Cam Akers uh, to team Deadpool for Chris Carson. Uh, pretty straightforward trade. Uh, I just like the idea of adding uh, some more p- p- possible, uh, another possible point score to his roster. Cam Akers isn't doing much. Um, and we don't know, we don't know when, if ever he'll take over that backfield. Uh, Chris Carson should be coming back this week. Uh, he's not a, a, a no doubt about it starter in this lineup, but all his running backs are, have kind of been up and down and are kind of iffy in themselves. You know, Connor Zeke's at his, his poor moments this season. Melvin Gordon has definitely not been uh, a consistent guy week to week. And we, we've talked about Jonathan Taylor earlier. So I just like the idea of just, adding one more guy it's a covid season it's been a crazy injury season you add another guy to start 11 so uh especially if you get another injury or two uh i i can definitely see him getting into your lineup and i think he could anyway again based on those running backs you only have to start one um but i i would definitely start him over some of his 10th or 11th starters some week anyway uh what do you think of that one nick yeah, I like it. Um, I think I think Carson does have the potential. He's got a nice schedule, uh, rest of season, so he's got um, a nice little backup there for Justin and um, and the rebuilding team gets a young, you know, stud running back. Possibly. Yeah, and so I, I don't know if I it. mentioned that, but the team Deadpool is is one in ten, so he has no use for Chris Carson at this point. Uh, who's just, you know, we don't know what he's going to be in twenty twenty one. Any thoughts on that, Chase? Before we move on, which by the way, we're going to get to Chase's last because Chase. Chase kind of went next level on the find me a trade this week. So <laughs> I didn't think it was that next level. I just, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that, but you know, I, for my trade complications, it's actually pretty simple overall and I'm ridiculous sometimes. So that makes sense. But, um, but overall, on- the, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like everything that you did makes sense. Uh, they need another running back in that offense. So it's perfect. Okay. Nick, we're going to get into yours and then we'll, we'll do chases. Sure. Yeah. So my first one I had was um, Dustin trading Jonathan Taylor and Andy Dalton to Team Deathstroke for Derrick Henry. Um, Derrick Henry has a real nice schedule coming up. Um, I think he's uh, he's a good target. Obviously, um, I did say he was my trade away on Trade Addicts a couple weeks ago, so I do have to eat my words a little bit. Um, but uh, I thought that was my first trade. Threw it out there, and then Dustin said that the owner wanted more for Derrick Henry, so then I had to rework my trade. Um, my trade that I landed on, I'm not super confident in. I'm not sure you can get it done. But um, I have Dustin trading Amari Cooper to Team Deathstroke for Austin Eckler and Tim Patrick. Um, I think Eckler outscores Amari pretty easily rest of the season. 
And I think it really could boost his team and take his team to that next level. Um, he has Adams and Ridley and MT, kind of like you were saying. So Dustin's fine at wide receiver. He can give up Amari. Um, I think it's a great time to buy Austin Eckler right now. Um, I know he's coming back and his price has been slowly increasing, but I think his price is going to be even more once he starts playing again. Um, his first full game with Justin Herbert, which was a uh, week four or week three, I think the week that didn't have Herbert as an emergency starter, uh, Eckler caught 11 passes and Herbert has just like looked like an all around stud. Um, Brian Har has been touting his name all over the place. So I kind of want anything in that offense. Um, and then I threw Tim Patrick in there just for you, Rocky, because I figured you could probably <laughs> get a little on top of Eckler for if you're giving away Amari Cooper. Um, the team he's trading him to is five and six, but they have a super low point total. Um, so they're probably not making the playoffs. Um, the only issue that I saw was that Team Deathstroke already had Dak and CD Lamb. So you kind of have to convince him to take the whole Cowboys offense. But on the flip side of that, maybe he's a Cowboys fan, so you can get that done. Um, I just think the points that you're going to get from Eckler – um, more than Amari Cooper is gonna could make a big difference for Dustin. And yeah, I think uh, I agree with you about the CD. I mean, I think Dak being there is is sort of a plus if you're getting Amari Cooper. I, I kind of like doing the stack thing, but uh, having Dak and CD and Amari is not, I think, ideal. I don't like generally like to have two receivers from the same team. Um, and so unless he's a Cowboys fan, I think that could make it more difficult. Um, I do love Eckler. Um, uh, you know, he got. He had the injury, um, but I was very high on him coming into the season. Uh, he started picking it up before he got hurt. Uh, uh, Chase, any thoughts on, on uh, Cooper for Eckler and Patrick? Yeah, so I have this thing, right, where I call it like the bell curve of production. Essentially, like you want to try and get your guys on the same lifeline. You know, that's how you win multiple years in a row. Whether it's guys that are rookies that have chances to be studs, whether it's upcoming stars and you want to win over, you know, the next year or two, whether that's veterans who want to win now. So overall, Batman did an excellent job of doing that. Um, however, he did high stack his wide receiver position while leaving his running back position a little bit vulnerable. It, it's not a bad thing. Overall, it's great overall team, and he sold away a lot of his draft picks. So what I want to do here is I want to keep his team based off of the bell curve of production uh, when it comes to his age adjusted, I guess age adjusted bell curve production. So I still want to make sure that you're winning this year and JT great prospect could end up providing a bunch of, uh, you know, upside for the near future. But I think that Josh Jacobs is a league winner. So I want to try and do whatever I can to acquire Josh Jacobs. Meanwhile, you have a very, like I said, very uh, heavy wide receiver room over there. So I am looking into moving some of these wide receivers that might not make a difference to your schedule. And when we look at Gallup, when we look at uh, Amari Cooper, these guys, great receivers overall. If they you know, still had Dak in there, I wouldn't say move them, but they don't have Dak in there. So we're trying to win this year, maybe even next year. Let's move Dak. Let's go ahead and put Gallup and move him over to Deadpool. And we're going to take Cooper and Jonathan Taylor and move him to the Brainiacs. Now, the reason why I'm, I'm choosing two separate teams is because neither team is going to give you the response that you want when it comes to the return. Like I said, for Cooper and JT, you know, just for, for Josh Jacobs to the Brainiacs, I don't know if that's actually enough. Like, 
sure, like, you know, you, you want some, some more return on that if you're the Josh Jacobs owner. But at the same time, like, there's no reason if you're 10-1 to go move JT, to go move Cooper. Like, there's no reason to do it. But Josh Jacobs is that special. So if you sit there, right, and you move Cooper and JT to the Brainiacs, the Brainiacs will give you back Josh Jacobs. Meanwhile, right, you also give them a third-round pick for 2021 just to seal the deal, right? But they're actually going to send that that third-round pick over to Deadpool. Deadpool, right, He what does he have to do with anything? He's a losing team. Like, he's out in the middle of nowhere. He now... Right can end up a or he can end up sending off Cam Newton and two 2022nd third round picks over to your team. Meanwhile, you send him over to Gallup. So he's going to acquire a more, I guess, uh, a recent acquisition with the third round pick. Meanwhile, trading away his two third round picks because, by the way, Deadpool has like how many freaking picks in this upcoming draft along with Iron Man? <laughs> Like yeah. literally your whole entire draft in this league is Iron Man and Deadpool. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. The two teams at the bottom have all the picks, <laughs> like all of them. They sold for their future, but they don't need like they're going to end up stockpiling their team. So they're not going to need all these draft picks in 2022 in the third round. Meanwhile, by that point, you're going to need some pieces to start rebuilding. So you can trade away your third round pick in 2022 along with the other two third-round picks in 2020 to 2022 to move up to a earlier second-round pick and start the rebuild. And whether you move on from that 2022 pick to a 2023rd pick, you know, to start that's up to you. But it's something as to where I think that you can afford to move on from Cooper and JT, which we don't know the future. You're trying to win now. You can acquire Josh Jacobs. You can acquire Cam Newton because, by the way, you're, you know, decent at best at quarterback. And you can upgrade there. And you can go win the championship now. Did any of that make sense? Somewhat. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot going it on like there. Justin's going to win a championship. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that was the goal. <laughs> I'm just, I find it interesting. Like, I'm not as much of a Josh. I, how high you are in Josh Jacobs is, is interesting. He's RB5 in PPR. Uh, he mean. is RB5. But... Uh, I think that speaks more to the RB landscape than to how good Josh Jacobs is. That's even uh, better then because RB landscape <laughs> is about to fall off the freaking face of the earth. So, <laughs> but I mean, I, I, we, me and Dustin, who, whose roster this is, have talked about this on the show before is I'm not as high on Josh Jacobs as a lot of the rest of the community. Um, when he's not scoring touchdowns, he's, he's not as much of a help to your team as my issue. Uh, I'm looking at a lot of 11, 13, 13, 15, 10, 14 point games, which, you know, is good. Um, and then I'll have those boom weeks. Um, I, I just, I kind of think he can mix and match with running back as it is. Um, uh, especially does my Carson trade from earlier. Uh, <laughs> but between Wait, Zeke and, I mean, and Zeke hasn't been given that, that output. Zeke is like RB 37 over the past few weeks since Dak went out. Yeah, but but a lot of those games with with Greg Garrett Gilbert and and Ben DiNucci, or at no, least two of them, it two has of them to do with his uh, with his offensive snap percentage. So um, with Ezekiel Elliott, you know, a big percentage of his touchdowns obviously came in the red zone, or a big percentage of his fantasy output came from the red zone. But about fifty percent of his offensive output came from receiving passes. Uh, since the offensive line's gotten hurt, and since they've tried to restructure that. Ezekiel, I believe, in the first five games versus the last five games, 
has 13 less receptions and 97 less yards. So when you sit there and you do it, that's you know close to four points per game less from Ezekiel Elliott, which bumps him, you know, with a less a lesser amount of red zone touches or less red zone opportunities that actually bumps him down from wide receiver one to wide receiver, or I'm sorry, running back one to running back three. So with that being said, like you're, you're playing an RB three in your lineups because Tony Pollard is now taking these high value touches. Like why, why would you sit there and think that Ezekiel is a a play? Like you need a RB one play if you're going to win a championship game and you don't have one. My thinking is, I just think he can he can make do with what he ha- he's got four I think four different guys that he can start on a given, and he only has to start one, and, and he's got a lot of good receivers. Um, and I I don't know, I just think JT and Cooper is a little much. Uh, I'm trying to look at your trade again just so I can because there was so much. He's giving away JT Cooper and Gallup. Yeah, JT Cooper and Gallup getting back essentially Josh Jacobs and picks, correct? And Cam Newton, which he's struggling oh, Cam Newton. at That's quarterback. Great. Uh, Cam Newton's struggling at quarterback a little too. So, <laughs> um, but I, no, I mean, I don't hate it. I just, I just think it's a little too much to get. And, and this is maybe my bias, but I just, I, I have never been this high on Josh Jacobs um, as the rest of the community. Um, but uh, I, I don't want to denigrate your trade. I, I don't no, think no, it's no. A bad I'm just trade. saying I'd rather yeah. have a, a 32 point, you know, increase in, in position. So that's where I'm sitting with it. Like Josh Jacobs is a 32 increase in position over Ezekiel Elliott. And you want running backs. If you're going to win a championship, you need consistency. And, uh, well, Nick, what, what are your thoughts before we, before we finish up here? Yeah, I know it doesn't how much he likes Josh Jacobs. So I could see him getting behind him. Yeah. He likes him a lot more than me. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. Um, I do think Cooper's a little much to tack on to JT for Josh Jacobs. So um, that would be my only hesitation. I do think it's a little much. Um, I kind of like the idea of getting Cam and, you know, in his rushing floor. Um, not sure, you know, how much he outscores, you know, I guess Tannehill's, right, the the other quarterback um, that Dustin has. Um, yeah, so, so I, I, yeah, so I, I like the idea. Just I think it's a little much for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I mean that. I think that was my main thing. I just thought Cooper and and again, maybe I'm higher on Jonathan Taylor. You don't seem to be a big Jonathan Taylor guy, and you're definitely higher on Josh Jacobs than me. Marby so. too, but when you're going for a championship and you don't have a guarantee, like why would you? Why would you roll out Jonathan Taylor if if you could actually have an RB five, the RB five on the season? By the way, yeah, yeah, no, I get it, I get it, and you're right, you're right. He is the RB five on the season, so. Uh, I, you know, again, I don't love him, but I, like I said, I think that kind of speaks to the running back landscape. But I again, you're RB5. You're, the RB5 your, is shit. To, to, to your point, I'm not saying he's shit, but, but to your point, I mean, if I'm saying that the, that Josh Jacobs being in the RB5 speaks to the RB landscape, then having the RB5 in a crappy running back landscape is pretty good. So uh, I can definitely see your point. So, um, one more thing I wanted to get to before we finish up the show. Um, which I did not throw on the show sheet, so I'm sorry, Chase, for throwing this at you. No, I think Nick, Nick uh, knows about it. But um, Dustin, um, in one of our group chats that Nick is in, um, had thrown out that someone um, had offered him today uh, Saquon Barkley for Michael Thomas on this team. And I thought that was really, – he was considering taking it. To me, it was like I'm, I'm not taking that. Uh, if I'm a contending team in an Empire League, I, I don't want to trade away a guy that's going to score points – 
for a guy who's not going to get me any points this year. I'm just curious what your take on that is, Chase, is Chase and then I'll ask you too, Nick. Uh, go ahead and start out, Nick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I told him to take it, but um, but I, you know, given given Thomas's age, I think you, I mean, you're getting some years back with Saquon Barkley and, you know, possibly the RB2, RB3, right? Um, so I, I told him to take it, but, but I'm such a guy that focuses on volume. Um, his lineup seems so stacked that not, um, having MT was going to like ruin his chances at a championship. Um, so I told him that was like the only stipulation. I felt like if he could still win a championship without MT and trade MT for Saquon Barkley is what I would do. And I can hear that, um, but like I said, I wouldn't rather. Uh, I would rather just have the points. I, j- I mean, that's my thing. If I'm a ten and one contender, I, I don't want to make moves for for next year, which is basically what you're doing there. Um, so, Chase, what do you think of uh, trading MT for for Barkley when he's already ten and one and leading the league in points? I think his thinking was he can get away with it. Um, because he didn't have MT for a lot of Michael Thomas for a lot of the year, and he's still 10 and one leading the league in points. Um, but again, I'm just not looking to trade away points for non points. I mean, he's 10 and one, so he doesn't need Michael Thomas necessarily. But Barkley, we don't know what's going to happen with him coming back. I, I would just stick tight with his entire team, to be honest. Like, I, I came up with a trade just because his trade was on there, but I would stick with his entire team the way that it is. You know, I, I think that it would still be beneficial to move on to Josh Jacobs for this year, but he's a smart player and he set up his team for success. So I don't think he needs to move, period, the end. You know, hold on to Cam Akers, hold on to all of his, his guys so he can keep this dynasty, you know, or I should say, uh, what is it? Empire League? The Empire League flowing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I definitely think this is a roster he could definitely stand pat with, but – but if we just said that, there would be no find me a trade segment. So we had to find some trades. That's why I said, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I like the upgrade point, but I, you know. Yeah. Um, so that finishes up find me a trade. So we'll finish up with some of our business here. First, Chase, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. Um, I want to give you a chance to, to give your Twitter handle, give all the stuff that you do where people can find you and all that. So go ahead. You can ride my handle at joinourcircle underscore dot com. I'm just kidding. Uh, at, <laughs> you guys can check me out over there at Twitter. Uh, you guys can find me at joinourcircle underscore. You guys can find me at ff underscore intervention. We're about to launch our website. Been working on that nonstop. Um, you guys can find us over there at youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. Uh, we've got all sorts of stuff going on, man. It's absolutely insane. Like some people came to me back a few months ago or a few. Yeah, about a few months ago now. And I didn't plan on launching the website or anything until this upcoming year. And the team that came together is like, hey, we need a place to go. And you seem like the right person. So it's like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do this. And the team has pretty much carried us into creating a brand for fantasy intervention. You know, we have over 23 people over there right now, I believe. And it's just, it's been insane. It's been amazing. So at Joiner Circle underscore over there on Twitter. Yeah, go check us out. You know, what do you got to lose? Sounds great. I, I by the way, I love the. Uh, I heard you elsewhere. I think on a, a dynasty game night. I think you mentioned it. Um, which I I had to I had to wait a few weeks to have you on so you could get over the beatdown I gave you on dynasty game night. But, Dude, I, 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 
<laughs> oh, I so I, I got a I got a I got a name, right? What's that? The name game? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. wait, I'm I'm gonna screw this up. Andy Dalton Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you're, the way it works, you're supposed to give a clue and then we guess it. But yes, that, that would answer first. <laughs> that would work though. That, that I, I think actually it's, it's usually so part bad. of. It's usually part of the last part of the name, and then and then it moves into the second name. But I have but a fucking mind. I love numbers, and I, the names just don't make sense to me. Like, I, I, which is funny because I, I, the name. I guess I'm not a numbers guy, and the name game is the is the the, the game I do the best at when I listen to Dynasty Game Night. I with, literally was sitting there doing research, and I was like, "Oh my god, I got a name, Andy Dalton Schultz." <laughs> this is amazing. Which, by and the way, I wasn't even listening to the show. By the way, it was bad. <laughs> I saw this stat that uh, that touchdown he threw to Schultz last week was the the first time in NFL history that a quarterback's last name was the receiver's first name. I didn't even see that, and I'm really disappointed <laughs> now because now I don't feel as cool. I mean, I never really felt cool because I'm sure like thousands of people, like millions, millions of people, like already made that connection. But I made the connection last week where Andy Dalton Schultz was actually a thing. Yeah, and I am embarrassed. <laughs> okay but uh before we sign up nick you just want to give your twitter handle anything else you want to say before we go no just uh thanks for having me on this has been fun this has been great um hope to do it again and you can find my terrible fantasy takes at nick martinez br on twitter okay and uh, just to finish up on my end again i am at dynasty ff addict the pod is at dynasty junkies give us both a follow um you can uh Follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network. If you like what you've heard tonight, I would really appreciate it if you give a uh, rating and review and subscribe as well. The ratings and reviews really help out, help people find us. Let us know what you think. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. So we'll be back next week. Junkies out. <laughs>